Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. See next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. 450 fucking episodes of this. How have one of us not strangled the other with their bare hands until the life exited their body? Because I sleep through most of this. Life, or this marriage, or this podcast, or all of the above. All of the above. Hilarious. It is a day. <laughs> it's July. It is July. It is the 27th. Yes, the 27th. Very good. Good job, darling. And uh, if you listen to last week's episode, you know that we were recording this the day after last week's episode. Because when you're hearing this, we are on vacation. Well, definitely when you're hearing this, we're back from vacation. Uh, we're going to Chicago next week as a married couple, because this is Married with Movies. And we're discussing a movie here today. We'll be watching a movie in Chicago, among many other things. But it is... You're the worst. A milestone. What are you talking about? This is fucking flawless. What? How am I the worst? I am just zigging and zagging through words like nobody's business. It all flows. It all makes sense. I'm not stumbling. I'm not stuttering. I'm not a fucking idiot. I'm fine. Thank you. Fuck you. Goodbye. Uh, it's a milestone episode, so we didn't want to have to miss a week. So we knocked out a three-hour movie in the midst of <laughs> in the midst of us preparing. For a cross-country trip with a six-and-a-half-year-old. While we are as uh, busy as we've ever been at work. So, there you go. And you, some you, of you, our mothers just won't leave us the fuck alone. You people better be grateful. Yeah, you people. Especially you people. <laughs> Whatever that means. Um, as we already covered... Can I talk about Barbenheimer again? <laughs> I fucking love Barbenheimer, man. Uh, we have nothing else to report in, in our lives, in our news, so I wanted to instead ask, what have been some of your favorite memories from doing this podcast for almost 10 years, 450 episodes? <coughs> I mean, you have to do, you have to be careful. When you snore, you do wake up animals around the neighborhood, so. You're rude. I have to get, I have to have these special things bought for me. Mm -hmm. These earbuds that I can sleep with so they mm -hmm. don't fall out when I'm sleeping. Yep. And they block out the noise. And they have like different volume settings, like different noises and stuff like that. I have to have it on the loudest setting I can have it on with the like noise that is like the m most obnoxious. And I still hear you snoring. Mm -hmm. I, it is absurd. Yeah. 
I don't have those because I think sleeping with things in your ear is psychotic. And not I if you really need a good night. Nice, suffer nice through your you snoring. Don't suffer you. You know how I know you don't suffer? Cause you're snoring the whole night. You always fall asleep. How can I snore? Me how can I snore? I do not always fall asleep before. Most you. of the time, and then you're already fucking snoring, so it takes me forever to fall asleep. And then you At snore least you don't beat me up, up in my sleep anymore like you used to. No, I still do. I just you just don't notice it. I pull Great. your pillow out from under you. So Is that why sometimes I don't have two pillows underneath? Wait, are you serious? I just move it a little, so then you move. Are you, so you serious? You got really mad at me that I would, like, push you over. No, because so you wouldn't, I just pull you on wouldn't your push pillow. me. You were smacking me and kicking me. I still sometimes and you kick were, you. And you'd be so mad at me. When I have no control yeah. over what I'm doing. Well, you you could go in the other room, but that was before I had my ear things. But the fact that you get through the barrier of the ear things is, it it you know. I'm so glad you were making fun of me just a moment ago when you can't string together two goddamn words together. Well, no, you sound like an intelligent so, human being. You got so offended just now. You got so Because you're stealing the pillow up the pillow up from under my fucking head. Well no I just Who does I, that? I just move it a little bit. And like I kind of pull it so then like your neck moves so then you'll stop snoring. This also minute. started from me asking you what your favorite moment of the podcast has been. So I'm really happy that you immediately went to, oh, just making your life miserable while we're asleep and it has nothing to do with the show. You don't remember what the fuck we've I, done for almost 10 years. You never listened to a single episode. You've never contributed anything excuse in me. posting excuse or preparing me. this episode. You've come up with the like two ideas. my idea. Which is something we do once a year. Yeah. It, look, this is a lot of effort. Okay. I have to stay awake multiple hours in a row, multiple nights in a row. I gotta talk like I know what I'm doing. Two. Oh, you don't. You don't have to. Do, you don't do. You, you still don't do that, so it's fine. So I'm like, what you think of the movie? That's good. It's okay. I have to put up with Great, you. That's exactly what people want to hear. I have to put up with you. You falling asleep in movies. One time. Is that your favorite? Me falling asleep <laughs> yeah. two weeks ago? Because all your small my little woman brain can remember swerve, happened? My swerve gimmick and how much it annoys you. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy that. The amount of times I've been so funny, one of us almost died laughing or when? crying or snoring. When? when I burped as Beetlejuice a couple weeks ago when I made that weird noise during Saw Pounds. When... Saw Pounds. Any of my characters, none, none, none of that. Just... Look, you, you are so you replaceable. Use, you should use ski, use the word characters loosely, Mister. I'm so great at impressions. You are not as good as you think you are. I didn't say that. I said they're characters. I'm a character myself. Sure. This isn't me in real life. I'm. I'm. I'm playing this is, it up. I'm. This is I'm you turning it up life. to eleven for the people. This is you in real life. Yeah. Yeah, you're a douchebag. Well, yeah, but that's not, not, not this level of a douchebag. I'm like a you're this level. No, you're this level of a douchebag. No, you are you are absolutely this level of a douchebag. You know, like any of the people would answer. Should we just start talking about the movie? Or what is your what? what you I, just, I just said several examples. So did I. I did too. But you shot everything down because you you're demeaning and you operate me. So that could be that could be name me something from the past from. 
not this year. You have to give me a second to think about it. No, no, hold on. Put your phone down. Put your fucking phone down. Why? I'm that, put up your to phone see the down. We watch put your phone. Yeah, no, exactly. Me. Name me five movies we've watched for the podcast this year. This year? This year. Jupiter Ascending. Mm-hmm. Interstellar. Nope, not not including this week's. Oh. Okay. Uh A Star is Born. Yep. Jupiter Ascending. Yep. We watched also. <laughs> Several other movies. Birdemic. Mm-hmm. That's three. We've watched as well. This is... Speed and Speed 2. We or just Speed 2. Speed, like, several years ago. Speed 2. This we is... We also watched... Now my favorite moment of the podcast We also history. watched... What did we watch with Maddie? And uh, whatever that guest star movie uh, was uh, there. I rest my case forever. Yeah, we watched you fucking three, bitch. Speed Racer. Sorry. You're reading now! Jumanji. Why don't you read the back of the box instead of reading the movies that we watched? Can I see the movie actually? Because I have to take the sleeve out because they have this big stupid oh. sticker on the back. Oh, thanks uh, for not forcing oh. me to try to read Also, this that. comes with like an IMAX, uh, an IMAX, uh, Collectible IMAX film, film cell. cell. From an actual 70 millimeter print. Shout out to... That's uh, pretty cool. Christopher Nolan and the 70 millimeter fetish. Um, that continues to this day with uh, Oppenheimer. We watched Interstellar. Oh, it's still so... on there. Well, it's oh, it's not as big. Okay. Your eyes don't even work? You had it like at an angle and you like just took the box from me. Like you snatched it from my hands. Every 50 episodes as we established last week. I'm not giving this to you yet. We watch the movie that we own that neither one of us have ever seen from our massive film collection. Uh, the highest rated movie on IMDb's top movie list at the moment. We already established that next go around. It's going to be the prestige. So we're going to keep the Nolan, Nolan train of running. Because you apparently have seen Gladiator and uh, we don't own it in the first place and you also have apparently seen The Usual Suspects. Which I think you're just Line to avoid movies that you don't want to watch. No. So. Well, I would watch Gladiator again, but I have seen Gladiator, because mm-hmm. who hasn't seen Gladiator? I and I said it. that I thought that I saw The Usual Suspects. So. So we watched Interstellar. There you go. Thank you much. A must-see masterpiece says... Oh, it's hard to read. It's so small. Lou Luminick, New York Post. Yes. Cause it's like that's it's like snow and then it's white. It's that's very difficult. Poor Where are the seven dwarves? Go on. You think you're funny? I am. I'm hilarious. Can you put your phone on silent? Because it's already gone off like three times. Went off once. You can't even count. Rudimentary. No, I, can count. I just exaggerate. Rudimentary experiences in life. You're a rudimentary experience. That wasn't on the box, so it doesn't count. Good job. A beautiful and epic film, says Richard Roper, Chicago Sun-Times. From director Christopher Nolan, Inception, The Dark Knight Trilogy, comes a story of a team of pioneers undertaking the most important mission in human history. Academy Award winner Matthew McConaughey stars as ex-pilot turned farmer Cooper, who must leave his family in a foundering... That's one. No, it says foundering. There's no L. 
You said in a. It's and a. I said and a. That's no, telling you said in a. Go ahead. No, and plus you didn't call me for that. You called me for for foundering. Well, I looked at. No, and a foundering Earth behind to lead an expedition traveling beyond this galaxy to discover whether mankind has a future among the stars. Academy Award winner Anne Hathaway and Academy Award nominee Jessica Chastain also star in the landmark film Lou Lemonick. That's the two. New York you just said it different. <laughs> calls one of the most exhilarating film experiences so far this century. That's two. Lemonick. Lou Luminek. You just Luminic. literally said Lou Luminek on the front, and you Luminic. said it totally different. Lou Luminek. <laughs> yeah, so that's two. Okay. But I really think, like, look, why is this, Why are there clouds behind the white writing? Because it's a blue background, and it doesn't impact it at all. Yes, it does impact it. Nope, this, I can read this perfectly. Yeah, you have one eye. And so. I can still read it better than you. Nope. So, this came out in 2015, no, sorry, 2014. This was his follow-up to The Dark Knight Rises, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, because it would go, uh, let me think, it would go following, let me see if I can actually do this off the top of my head. Go. Oh, hang on, let me see, hang on one second, let's see if you can do it. His movies in order? Yeah, sure. Let's see. I think I have it. Um, all right. From so following would technically be first. Hang on. Has that. Oh, oof. hang on. I gotta go. Uh, gotta go here. Do you do anything fast? No, it's overrated. Why are you just go to Wikipedia? Well, I'm on IMDb, so sorry. So following. Uh, then Memento. Uh huh. Then Insomnia. Uh huh. Then. Batman Begins, mm-hmm. then The Prestige, mm-hmm. then The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. then Inception, mm-hmm. then The Dark Knight Rises, mm-hmm. then Interstellar, mm-hmm. then... Uh, did he take that long of a time and does it go... I'm pulling I think I'm missing something. Does it go to Dunkirk? Oh, you're so lucky. Dunkirk, right? Dunkirk. Yeah, Dunkirk, then Tenet. Mm-hmm. And now Oppenheimer. Yes. Yeah. So the only so now the only movie He's taken it's, three years off in between like his last. Well, there's a bigger gap movies. between this and there's a what a five year gap between this and Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Oh, no, Dunkirk. Uh, three years. Twenty seventeen. Interstellar. Twenty seventeen. Uh huh. Oh, Interstellar's wow. twenty fourteen. Dark Knight Rises twenty twelve. Okay. Twenty ten. It was like every two years, and now it's every three yeah. years. There was a four year gap between Prestige and Dark Knight. That was four right. years, but um. So I've seen all of his movies except The Prestige. And you, did you see Dunkirk? I never finished Dunkirk. <laughs> I didn't finish Dunkirk, which it was not it was not my thing. I also I watched it at home. I mean, he's somebody you need to watch. I would say he's somebody you need to watch the movie in the theater for. Like this, I'll just say like my quick, you know, one word review. I I enjoyed this. I thought this was great. Um, but I can imagine it being that much better. In Criminal wants you to go to the theater and experience his fucking balls. <laughs> he wants he wants you to fucking get it in seventy millimeter, seventy millimeter IMAX, big as shit. Um, actually, I've never seen Insomnia either, so I haven't seen Insomnia. I haven't seen Prestige. I haven't seen Tenet, and I never finished Dunkirk. But all the rest, you know, I, I have. What a fan! Well. 
honestly, the Dark Knight obviously is going to give him a lot of wiggle room with me, as it is my uh, second favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. And I do struggle with his films on a couple different levels. Number one, how intellectually superior Christopher Nolan holds himself to his audience is there's always a certain level of pretentiousness in this and yes, Inception absolutely. and Oppenheimer absolutely. even. It's it's how he surrounds that with that you have to figure out. Um, there is a burgeoning dialogue about his lack of ability to write female characters, which is definitely in the in the forefront of conversations the Oppenheimer as of late. But um, we can get into it this and other movies as well. And also, they have a reputation of being not fun. So they're not being they're being they're too serious at times. Like they're more dark. They they lean more. I wouldn't say even dark is just not in tone, but it just they're rather humorless. Yes, that's good. Because it's like he doesn't I feel like he almost doesn't have the time for it. Um but if you're looking at somebody, I mean, he is probably the closest thing we have to a modern day Spielberg, right? At this point, Sure, but Spielberg is also still making movies. Um, sure, but but somebody that's going to be doing what he's doing in a name brand. He is a name brand. If anybody else had made Oppenheimer, it's not going to make $80 million opening weekend. Christopher Nolan's name at this point is the attraction because people trust him from The Dark Knight and Inception and Interstellar and, and things like that. Mm. He makes event movies. And there's very few. You could argue Jordan Peele has that a little bit. I think after Barbie, Greta Gerwig's going to have it. J.J. Um, Abrams had it for a very, very yeah, brief period. For, he fucked for... it up. Um, and then mm-hmm. Spielberg still has And then, of course, like, your are tours, like Spielberg and PTA and uh, Chazelle and, you know, a, a plethora of other people. But in terms of you need a fucking hit and you want a good movie, you're going to wait for a Christopher Nolan movie. Mm-hmm. He has that pedigree and that reputation. Um, so this, I don't know why we didn't see this. The initial, I'm surprised this movie is as well regarded on IMDb as it is. I mean, the, the Nolan heads, as we just saw, that you know next year we're going to watch The Prestige, because it's also up in the top you know, 25, 50, 100 movies, according to ratings in the first place. Um... A lot of the film heads and geeks elevate his movies, but the actual critic reviews to this were still positive, but definitely a little down compared to some of his earlier works because this is very much a sprawling think piece epic that you have to invest your your time and your ears to. Um, so I think I think it rubbed a lot of people the wrong, a lot of critics the wrong way of like the hubris and some of the uh, the after effects that it had. 
from the science community. Science community is like, yep, yeah, this is it. This is good. This is this, this is accurate. They, this they is got legit. this right. Like a lot of the the trivia and reviews I stuff is just him talking to physicists and astrologists and things are like. Yeah, it will help, but like, just make sure you don't do this, don't do this, yeah, do this. Make sure like, you keep everything within the like what we've already established as being possible and legit, and don't like to your point, like don't step out of like this amount of boundary for the sake of storytelling. And they didn't like Neil deGrasse Tyson, a bunch of people were like, yeah, this is as close as like, we from ha- what we know. From what we know, this, this is, is legit. Probably how it would be, which yeah. is wild. And it, it was so wild. It was only bolstered by the fact that when we were at a um, Barnes and Noble with Jillian this past weekend, Jillian's really getting into uh, oh, the planets and the solar system it. and science. So she was reading some um, some books about the Earth and the Sun and stuff, and she was having me pull up on my calculator. Uh, it was saying like how long a year was and on these other places. and these other planets mm-hmm. compared to like the Sun and everything else. So I'm like, oh, on this planet, it, it would be 375 years, you know, this kind of thing. She's like, wow. Like, so that's so I, I thought that was really, awesome. I thought that was really cool. And this movie is really cool in that aspect. So to, to long preamble aside about Nolan, um, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about this. I think part of the reason why, I also had that same, like, trepidation, I guess. I think because... This came out a couple years, the year after Gravity, which, mm. have we done that for the show? No, we haven't. I've, we I've never seen th- since. Right, but we saw this. Yeah. We saw Gravity in theaters. Yeah, I mean, there's, that's and, really the only place to see it. <laughs> but what I'm saying, like, we saw Gravity in theaters. Yeah. I don't think either of us left with a very good impression. I, I liked it. I just thought it was very overrated. Right. And then this movie came seemingly very similar, yeah. right? Sure. On, on its heels. And so I think maybe that was like a, oh, mm, well, I don't know. Well, it was also 2014, so we just moved mm-hmm. to Orlando. It had been, this came out, I think, in November. So we'd been in Orlando a few months. So getting acclimated to our jobs and our surroundings. Yeah. We didn't see as much then because we also didn't have it in. But we were still in Gainesville. We would still get into movies for free a lot because we knew knew somebody or, you know, we knew how to sneak in or whatever. Um, So we had to be a little more uh, picky and choosy with what we did. So we just kind of missed it. But, I mean, I I thought this was great. I... This was so good. I'm, I'm... I'm not surprised you like this. Like I talked about before, I can get a general sense from just your engagement and your body language when watching a movie, and no? also the fact that uh, you're just even fucking awake. Yes. But um, I, I thought you did as we were watching Why it, but I couldn't like tell. So I I I try I, to prognosticate in advance just from observing you. Okay. So I, I so thought tell me it was, what else? Tell me what I thought of it. I th- tell me how many swerves I counted. You think that was? Oh man, there's probably a lot of swerves. Well, hold on. Do swerves count uh, uh, <laughs> different pace depending on the planet you're on or, no. the, or the universe? Just give me the numbers so we can no. go about our lives. No, no, no. You can progno- prognosticate it. Uh, can you tell me at least how many? No. Nope. Stars Born had like fifty something. I'm gonna say this had like sixty nine, baby. You're gross. You're you're my clothes. No. And then nailed it, didn't I? <laughs> no, you didn't. What is it? 81. Wow, is that the new record? New record. It has to be. Has I mean, to be. It, is, it is three hours long. It is three so. hours. There's a lot in there. And there's all also a lot of swerves. I mean, the story here is absolutely 
something I think that was really well done. And not just because of all of the things that we said, like with like the accuracy and things. There's um, you know, the relationships, the tensions. Hmm. I think that they do so such a good job in this movie um both directing and acting and like the writing um it it's just really good and then yes the passage of time does not hurt the swerve count here because you're like holy shit this bitch old as fuck like she's gonna die before her son her dad like but she's 81 and he's 124 spoiler <laughs> they know. They know. Um, typical classic Samantha analysis there. Uh, yeah, I think Nolan is at his best when he's giving you big, thought-provoking spectacle while grounding it in a core emotional story. And Absolutely. specifically, the plight of one man. You look at his yes. filmography in Memento, the Batman trilogy, Inception, Oppenheimer, this. It is just focused. It is focused on one guy and at, at the center of this, what? whether it be moral, ethical, mm-hmm. uh, uh, emotional, spiritual dilemma, mm-hmm. and what they have to do to overcome it. And as an audience member, you never are really sure if they are going to. And he's so good. I mean, again, I'm biased because I'm just coming out of Oppenheimer. Like, the tension in this mm. is, you know, at a moment's notice, you know, you're going to lose fucking 23 years. Like, that revelation of, like, when they're on Gargantua, like, mm-hmm. the water planet, and they're already established. Yeah, I the, like, the Gargantua is the, the black hole. I thought it was the the no the, the Grinch was the name of the black oh, okay. hole the um the, the whatever the like the wave filled water planet ice Miller's planet. planet Miller's planet was um like it's established right away like every hour there it's like fucking seven years. seven years yeah and they're like okay well we need to fucking get in get out get in get We're out done. and then like you know calamity after calamity and then well, it's not even really there's a couple of things but you're kind of watching it in real time figuring. Okay, they're they're trying their best. So when they finally get back and they see, um, they see, um, fuck, I, Rom, Romilly. I was getting his character and Russ Bentley's character's names continually confused in the movie. That was the most confused I got in the movie was who was who, um, and like you see, he's older and it has been twenty twenty three years, and it goes right into probably the most famous image and memeable moment of the movie of Matthew McConaughey now tearfully watching 23 years worth of videos that his family has been sending him of Timothy Chalamet turning into Casey Affleck, which would make me cry as well. Um, <laughs> and then the baby. And, and then, then the baby, no baby. And then no baby. And then seeing, you know, Murph being Jessica Chastain now. It's like, that fucking is so powerful. It's just like a good lord. It's so lord. powerful. And Matthew McConaughey does such a good job at just reacting. Yeah. And and feeling, and you feel it too. I mean, it's really good. And and I think something else that this movie does really well is establish the reality. Because, like, this is, like, the future. And this 
this is a dying earth and it doesn't hit you over the head with expo there is exposition it opens with exposition it, you have to you have to but then it doesn't hit you over the head as it continues to build like and it does such a good job of like using different mediums and historical things to like tell the story like oh, yeah. with the dust bowl and everything and like that's what's happening and then like you see the dust storms you see them put the masks on you see the, the fires and, and everything. They build this functional extinction level event in the world that's surviving around it. You know, you're never 100% sure, like, how severe it is until you kind of get the gist of it. Mm-hmm. And it's ground... The one thing I always appreciate about Nolan movies is, I mean, you look at the Dark Knight trilogy... That franchise could that everything that happens in those movies could f- mostly legitimately happen in the real world. Yeah, it's not like the, psychopaths. Well, no, but it's it's not like the MCU where you have, you know, like a go- whole gods and yeah, and transformations and aliens and and whatever it may be. I think we've got to transform. You are maddening when I'm trying to make a serious point. Um... She made me lose my train of thought. This could happen based on the science at hand and based on how he's showing you the world that they're in. Like, right. there's there's nothing about it that is extraordinary. Yes, and, absolutely. And that immediately gives you a sense of tension and dread because as I'm watching, I'm like, well, what the fuck would we do? Like, what if they get my fucking mom and they're going to be stuck in a house with her and have to hear about her? Well, she'd be fine, actually. She fucking wouldn't go anywhere. Um, she things would be covered in dust, dust and she'd be, she'd be making comments about my grandmother's house all the time. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like, they're, the kids are still, like, going to school and yeah. still, like... and that could happen, too. Whatever, what happened at school? That could fucking happen. And I would do the same thing. Oh, I yeah. would encourage Jillian to get into a fist fight with these children. But the fact that they're going to, to, to school and they're, you know, still being edgy. I mean, I feel like that could happen because also this is not like it's a zombie apocalypse. Like, yeah. it's an extinction level event, but it's like people are still surviving, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like part of that normalcy. Um, but the fact that at the school they're teaching about the Apollo missions were fake yeah, and the real history of it being a brilliant piece of propaganda and that is just so beyond ridiculous and crazy, but it really hits a little too close to home, especially being in Florida. And so it's like. This dystopian future that's depicted is absolutely so possible, even just from that aspect. No way, she's the Oppenheimer. Uh, <laughs> just, just in terms of. Yeah, and you know how I get. I'm real annoyed. I was huffing yeah. and puffing at that scene, and that actress. Right. I have to say. Oh, Colette Wolf, she's great. Good up, uh, good for her. I'll punch her in the face if I see her in real life. I'll tell you what. I mean, the cast is the I mean, cast, the cast is, movie, is on I mean, fire. that's basically just what Nolan brings to the table Even in the every children. movie now. Well, I thought I was like, motherfucker, that Timothy Chalamet? Ch- Timothy Chalamet. 
you know, you got fucking Lithgow and Eliello and fucking uh, Chastain Damon, who wasn't advertised for the movie. So when Damon pops up, Yo, that's I mean, I, I knew, but at, you know what other movie? <laughs> Matt Damon's Swerve. What? No, that's what I put. Matt Damon Swerve. This Euro is just like, no, this is just like Saving Private Ryan. I hate you. Uh, you know who I hate? Scott Rock. Who does it? <laughs> Future guest on the show. Um, <laughs> that's just for Rich to giggle when he hears, just in case. Uh, so yeah, the to your point, the world building, but also the amount they allow you to understand while still like being curious yes. and and trying to unravel the mm-hmm. mystery. Yes, there's still is, mystery surrounding it. Is so expertly done, and Nolan is great at doing that because. With, like, the coordinates, and then meeting this robot, and then finding Anne Hathaway, and then uncovering that it's NASA. Like, you keep getting bigger pieces of... You keep feeling it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You keep Mm -hmm. getting bigger pieces of the breadcrumbs until you find, like, the whole fucking loaf at the end of the trail. And then you're like, sweet, what are we going to make with this? And you can just keep extrapolating from there. And, of course, it waxes typical philosophical and theoretical stuff. And it's all brilliant in its own right. And the fact that they can make it make sense where you can follow it. Like, were there moments in this movie where I was like, all right, hold on, wait. Like, what's the plan? What are we doing here? Of course. I'm not, I don't work for fucking NASA. But it was never to a point where I was like, wait, time out. What? Which is what I think a lot of people's complaints were for Tenet. And what I think a lot of people assume his movies are, yeah, just on word of mouth and and uh, and reputation alone. But for this, that was my biggest fear of the movie. Was like, I'm just gonna uh, once we get to the podcast, be like, yeah, I don't know, it looked great, and there's some good performances, but I don't know what the fuck they were talking about. No, I, I fucking I fucking got it because. You're you're paying attention. You're invested anyway because you want him to get back with his daughter. Like you want you want that reunion. You know what you know at the very least they're trying to save the world. I don't care how it's done. I don't care what they're showing us. I get it to that level. And I mean, obviously, I'm a big fat fucking softy now for father and daughter stories and what? bits. Um, that that scene hit hard. It didn't help when you constantly were looking over well, at me. Because I know you, and I know that you're such a big softie now, and I knew you'd be crying, and I just wanted to see the tears roll down your face. That's my favorite part of this podcast. Is when I cry? Yes. Cool. Weeping like a baby. Great. I can't wait to nominate uh, every Holocaust movie for the rest of the year now. I'm sorry? <laughs> to nominate every Holocaust movie for the rest of the year now, just so you cry every single week. What? That's rude. It's not rude. It's factual if you want to see me yeah, cry. But, okay, but you're crying because of a father-daughter relationship depicted on the screen. You just said you're going to put one of the most horrific historical events Allegedly. That <laughs> Don't touch me. You put that hand near me, I'm going to fucking punch. I have to do it for the reaction. I there love you so much. There 71 swerves in this movie. Wait, what? You swerved me how many swerves there were? Yes. Wait. No, I miscounted. You lied? There were only 71. 
It's still the most, though, right? It's still the most, though. I can't you almost that you said this fraudulent, fraudulent fucking stat. So now it's going to be an asterisk on whatever wins in the year because I don't know if you've counted everything else accurately up to this point. That's ten. That's a ten swerve difference. We have to put a ten, a, a fucking plus it's or minus I have ten. Like 124, and then I was just writing all these numbers. 124. So that was the age. But there, see, there's numbers. Every- I give you one task, Allegedly. and then you annoy the shit out of me. I'm sorry. Of course, it's the biggest tragedy in the fucking history of the world. <laughs> well, besides the other one, but the <laughs> This is my new favorite. <laughs> oh, boy, I'm getting lightheaded. Okay. Wow. All right. Sorry. Sorry. You... Fucking had to say shit about like, oh, I like to see you cry, and then <laughs> there we are. So you know I'm kidding. You know I love you. Okay. <laughs> I love you very, very much. Yeah. And I apologize. tell your mom what Rosh Hashanah is again. <laughs> That's also why I said it because of what we were talking about earlier. Ooh, man. Okay. Ooh, I am seeing bright lights. I'm dying. I think. Go, go towards it. <laughs> Catch the light, baby. Go on, touch it. Uh, touch it. How'd your husband die? Well, he allegedly died. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Okay, my ears popped. I think I'm okay. Whew. <laughs> oh, we're off the rails. All right. Uh, You're off the rails. What? You're out of order. Um... How, where where were we? Where were we talking about? Here? No, we're not gonna go over what we were just talking about. Um, what was so we already talked about? My favorite scene in the movie was, uh, like I said, the twenty three years afterwards. I do also like the um, when they pass through the world, the wormhole. That's epic. Nolan again. I hate to keep bringing up Bar- uh, Oppenheimer. Without you having seen it, and a lot of people possibly having seen it, and staying spoiler-free, but Nolan is great about building up to, like, the moment in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Are you okay? I'm sorry. I'm okay. You know I was joking. Keep going. Keep going. Don't, stop getting distracted. Um, of, uh, like, you wait, like, in Dark Knight, it's the, the, the 18-wheeler flip. In... Oppenheimer, it's the Trinity test. In this movie, it's when they pass through that wormhole. And that you know, you're building up to it and you experience it, and it's gripping because the number one, this isn't based in fact, so you don't know what's gonna fucking happen to these characters the first time you see it. And it just is fuck it's epically masterfully done of just putting you on the edge of your seat and by all accounts, being also scientifically fucking factual into <laughs> what the fuck happened. That's wild to me. So that'd be another one I would want to shout out. Um, were there any other ones that you would want to give? I thought that the um, ending of him being in uh, yes. the... Uh, the Tesseract? Tesseract, the five-dimensional mm-hmm. um, um, thing. And just the breakdown and the freakout of him like watching the scenes... Like, don't let him leave. Like, don't let me leave. Like, yeah. that was a beautiful scene. It was amazing. Um, 
And then obviously, like, using gravity to send the message. Gravity crossing the dimension, the, the dimensions, including time. Um, then him using the love and everything. Like, just really... Uh, it's a beautiful and, message. And then the callback. And then it's like, it's the, the Morse code. And, like, she knew it was the Morse code. And he knew she knew it was the Morse code. Mm-hmm. So he... You know, and just like the building on that, and and I thought that that was such a powerful and beautiful scene. Um, I really, really liked yeah, that a lot. Him, him being the ghost the whole time. It it probably seems a little far fetched in like when you first see it, and hear it, but also it's it's a swerve, it's a surprise, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, it's a swerve. It's not it was a swerve number. I don't care. Um, but not necessarily. Something that I can like roll my 61. eyes at or poo poo. Um, I I still dug it, and it also you know maybe a minor complaint I have is everything does kind of end almost too hunky dory. Like love conquers all. I don't see why she had to fucking burn down Casey Affleck's livelihood <laughs> to keep him out of their way. I mean, that was pretty severe because she better fucking come up with a solution in that case to, you know, make sure that everything's going to be okay on the well, other yeah. side of it. But well, the, that's the whole point. But her hugging him, like, he's basically burnt. <laughs> like, he's just covered in Well, he shouldn't have been soot. such an asshole. He shouldn't have been, but it's Casey Affleck. He's going to be. Um, after his shit got destroyed, that moment was actually very funny to me. But, um... The little stretch of, like, figuring it all out is wonky. And the epilogue, I think, is what I kind of find being a little too hunky-dory. Of, you know, the modern times have, you know, recreated this house. And that's, like, a museum. And that's where these um, documentary-style clips have been being played from. And, you know, it's, it's a great meaning and message behind it all. But the reunion and the reunion is good, but the reunion was sadly underwhelming to me. Yeah, I thought so too. I, I, I thought so too. And we've I, been waiting two hours and forty minutes for like this moment, and I and there's power behind the fact that he's older, but he's technically the same age, and she's on her deathbed essentially. Yeah, and she's surrounded by her family, yep. big ass family. Yep. That he has no, you know, connection or relation exactly. to. Exactly. It's. They, Heartbreaking, it, really. It is, and neither one, to me at least in that moment, played it, or the script didn't give them the tools, I think, to nail the landing on it. Because we were able to see, obviously, the biggest emotional connection is Kid Murph and, and, and Cooper. And then you still get a little bit of it because you see Jessica Chastain struggle with it. Yeah. You only see Ellen Burstyn... Two or three times in very very short clips of that that documentary, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get to see anything else of her, and she's a phenomenal actress, of course. But it it just doesn't feel earned or wanted. Um, the same thing with you know the emotional call out to you know you know she's obviously like she's like I'm fucking dying, you know like you don't want to be here. No, um, no. Parents have to see their child die, which, sure. you know, which is, of course, a fucking fact. But um, her being like, Brand, like, you need to go, you know, be with Brand. That's where you're meant to be. Like, like what? Like, they're not an item that was never established as a thing. I, I don't 
see how, of course, you know, it being, she was an integral part of saving the world as well. Um, but I, it just felt like, yeah, you should probably go find her, but that's, you know, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It it, it left me a little hanging. Yeah. No. I I agree. I agree. I don't think it it was the ending that we deserved, but it was the ending we got. So. And then what's that so pointed? (laughs) Dark Knight. Oh, got it. I thought what you were going for, and it wasn't exact. I was confused. So, um, speaking confused. So, correct me if I'm wrong. So, the ending we see Anna Hathaway on. Edmund's planet, her mm-hmm. former lover, mm-hmm. and she's apparently been there in Earth times, what, 70, 80 years is what they established? I think is what is what they, like what Murph said or guesstimated, or Coop says and guesstimated, I, I, as they're seeking I out. Remember. Uh, I think it's what it was, but number one, what she found is sustainable, right? Because mm-hmm. she's walking around without a helmet on and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was, so had they gone there like she wanted to, they would have been better off as opposed to going to where, um, where they did, go. where Miller's Matt plan. Damon was. Or Matt Damon's well, plan. yeah. And then had they, had she had stuff established there or is that cause like when it pans out, there's all stuff there. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know if it was established by Edmund or if it was established, established by, by her. her. Yeah, so I don't know what what the timeline was of her being there because right. it seemed like she was like at a, his grave or something like that. Gotcha. Um. So so I'm not exactly sure. Um. I mean, I I think it may be possibly ambiguous for several reasons. You know, make our own interpretation. This is the guy that made fucking Inception, after all. Um, yeah. This also, I mean, I don't. I think of any of his movies that's not IP related, I think this is one you could potentially make a sequel to. Like, the mission of Coop trying to go find Brand. Absolutely. You know, and whatever whatever other issues or mischief they have caused out in, like, yeah. you, you know, know the what galaxy. I'd like, to see? I'd like to just see a... a Tars and Case take on the universe. I think this, is, this should be a new bit on the show where every single movie Look, we try to find what the side character sitcom is. Like last Tars week we did the Star Case. is Born for the limo drivers and oh, yeah, the drag yeah. queens. Give me the Tars and Case show. The Tars and Case show, man. I would watch the shit out of that. That, the characters that they brought to life in these robots yes. were so well done. And the fact that you knew that they were machines. So this is not like a alien where it's a person, but it's actually a machine. Yeah, it's like, not going to be Ash trying to shove a newspaper exactly, down your throat. Exactly. Yeah. It's a legitimate, like, you know it is. Mm-hmm. And it, ugh, it's just so well done. The bonding the the humor with like the pilot light going off and everything. So that's I think that's why that it worked so well. So much like levity and it was a rare, heavy piece of consistent levity mm-hmm. and lightheartedness in a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. And originally I thought it was an interesting choice because like the make and model of it, it's basically like a big ass tablet piece of machinery. That all of a sudden can, you know, it walks with, like, just big poles. 
It basically... The other one, like, spins like a star. <laughs> well, no, because that, it, it, that was TARS. Like, that wasn't just Case. TARS can do that. It can manipulate itself yeah. to, basically, like, quickly windmill or fan. I'm Richard P. Gonzalez Rubik's Cubing right now. Like, yeah, that's an inside joke. But, um, like, the versatility in the design for it was actually kind of great, to your point of all of our um, defenses are down, because it looks unlike anything we've seen in that part in mm-hmm. movies. And it just turns out to be a funny, helpful, cool robot thing. Um, so the, the I want to quiz you, or you're not going to get either one of these, but the, uh, the voice of TARS in case is Bill Irwin, who is a, a famed, like, vaudeville, vaudeville style, I say vaudeville like a wrestler, vaudeville style comedian um that you will know him from two very very different roles mm. do you know or have you looked up what either one of those are so i know who bill Irwin is oh you do okay because he's you know on svu correct so i do know him from his svu role as, yeah, Oli- he is Olivia as olivia's therapist. therapist yes what is do the, you other? Know the other one no okay good so I'm glad you know for the one. So at least you have a context of like, okay, I recognize the voice and you can visualize the face, right? He's also, Jared says, he's Mr. Noodle on Sesame Street. That's weird. <laughs> you know who Mr. Noodle is, right? Yeah, the guy from Elmo's World, yeah, the yeah, weird guy with a mustache doing all kinds of weird things. Same fucking guy. Jillian plays the fucking games with Mr. Noodle. That's Mr. Noodle. That's weird. Right? Good for him. Um... Talk about range. That is range. Uh, what did you not like about the movie, if anything? Well, we already talked about, like, the ending, which, you know, with, like, the reunion and stuff being a little bit uh, underwhelming. Yep. Um, I mean... Other than that, I don't know if there there was a lot of other things I didn't really like. I, I don't have a lot either. Aside from the, some of the acting, but I do some a... some of it I don't know if it was like, uh, the acting or if it was like how the characters written. Like I think Matt Damon is is very uh, abrasive and aggressive, but I think it's purposeful. Yeah. Even though he's supposed to be like the best of us and brilliant and everything. I um, have quite a, a, a surprisingly long LVP list just because, number one, it is a big cast. Um, a lot of people doing a lot of different things. Um, and there are a lot of people that I think don't necessarily feel natural or adhere to the, the heavy technical dialogue. And some of the, like, they're just not believable in this, like, scientific atmosphere and environment. So that would be a complaint of mine is that there are several people in the movie that would temporarily suck me out of the moments. Mm. Now, a lot of them, I think, pull me back in in later moments or different parts, but there are, nevertheless, they still were inconsistent. Um, I don't really have a lot. I honestly don't because... Even st- even parts of the movie where you didn't talk about, like, the Damon stretch, which, I mean, that's, I mean, fuck, that's a big-ass... That's a huge that's stretch. That's a big-ass swerve. Big-ass swerve. And that, number one, he's alive. Number two, he, uh, Michael Caine's brand has been lying this whole time and has basically set them up for 
only option to repopulate Not for failure, but basically dooming everybody that they thought they were trying to save. Yeah. And then into Damon actually setting them up for this big betrayal of trying to escape and get back to civilization. Um, And I also... I don't know why my, my note here doesn't make a lot of sense. Kind of the end of Act 2, which is, you know, the sweeping scenes of betrayal, and the, I put the family together. When was the family... Her family, her big family at the end. No, no, like it, like when Damon was... When the betrayal was happening. The family together? Yeah, I'm not sure what I, what I mean here. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. It's nonsensical. No, no, when um when they're going to cuz there's the drama of her trying to get the family to leave because of the dangers of the kids coughing and Casey Affleck's uh wife coughing and everything else like that's happening at the same time that uh, like, McConaughey's, like, struggling to breathe because his helmet's been fucked with, and Damon's trying to escape. Like, mm-hmm. all that is very, very, like, nerve-wracking and calamitous, and it all leads up to, you know, Damon blowing himself up, basically, and not fucking listening and having space insanity rack him. <clears throat> all that stuff, you know, when you say it out loud, is kind of maybe a little silly, but in its execution and the way it mm-hmm. looks, the other thing... All the little minutia around Nolan movies, like, Nolan, this is probably the most computer-generated of Nolan's movies, and he still tries to rely on practical effects. Absolutely. And, and limited CGI as much as possible. The thing looks fantastic. You're never going to find me complaining in a Christopher Nolan movie about how something looks. It just, everything looks so goddamn good. The sound, th- this is Hans Zimmer dropping the a dick. The music was really, it, like the music. So powerful, so well done. It really just. The music is almost its own character it. because Absolutely. it does an amazing job. Like when mm-hmm. it just has this ominous tone leading to Damon's heel turn, essentially. Um, I mean, again, nothing kind of beats Ludwig Gordonson's fucking Oppenheimer score. Ooh, that shit. I can feel that shit in my buttle. Um, You're so weird. But, yeah, Nolan uses amazing cinematography, amazing music, and amazing practical and then minor special effects. Just create freaking cinema, and I fucking love it. It's it's so fucking good. Um, as a point out, we talked about earlier um, what it would be like to live in this post- "Quote unquote apocalyptic world." Yeah, when like just your local friends are apparently the New York Yankees now, and Absolutely. you know they're teaching QAnon <laughs> in schools. But you know how we'd be we'd be fine and we'd be surviving. Fucking Jillian gets to eat all the corn she wants. <laughs> no man, you know what? It would be terrible. Jillian would would. Uh, Make everyone else starve because she would eat all of the corn. I wrote nothing but corn eat. Jillian's ideal planet. <laughs> our our fucking daughter can eat some fucking corn. She loves corn. She loves corn on the cob especially. I don't know why. She just loves it. It's like her favorite food. It, like we're like you, you want some corn? Yeah. 
She gets excited. She does. She gets excited. We had corn on the... She eats more corn on the... We're eating it. She's like, Mom, can I finish your corn? I'm eating it. She's like, well, you don't need to finish yeah, it. Yeah, it's great. Let me have... Give me a damn sandwich, Dave. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had to point that out. Uh, MVP and LVP. I think MVP is easier. What would, well, what what would you do if we were, like, in this scenario? Because, like, I mean, we've... we're not fucking scientists. Best hope we have is Jillian wants to be an astronaut. It happened now. We're fucked if she's six. <laughs> I think she could figure it out. Oh. I mean, we would just hunker down here. I mean, they still had power. Yeah. Right? I mean, Was there power? I think in some manner of speaking. Maybe like the school? I mean, God, we got, we got plenty of alcohol. We got uh, a lot of movies. You know, we'd, we'd manage. We, we'd do what we can. We have a big backyard, grow some corn. I'm going I'm to fucking survive. I'll fucking kill a person if I have to. <laughs> Couldn't kill a person if you tried. Are you kidding me? I'm the one who would I'd be. I'd kill somebody right now. I'm the only other one here, so go exactly. go for it. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> you fucking asshole. Who do you think's MVP, LVP? Uh, I think MVP's easy. I think MVP's McConaughey. It has to be McConaughey. And look, it takes a little bit of time to remove him enough. From what you know and preconceive about McConaughey. I disagree. To wrap your head around him spitting all this scientific shit. I disagree. I think he does such a great job of separating himself. That is your own fault for not being able to put aside your preconceived notion of him. I just, That's not I've him as it, an actor. That that I I've think done he does an everything he's exceptional been job in this movie. I did it in True Detective when he's saying he all didn't this come out and say all right, crap. all right, all right. He didn't do any of that. I, I, I separate it at every moment, but he, he's the emotional core of the movie. He nails the emotional shit he's yeah. given to do. Yeah, it's he's great. He's passionate. He's believable. He's he's great. He's he's fantastic in this movie. I have no negative notes. Like, like you're right. It was just a preconceived notion that yeah. I had he, as he was saying. I don't think he like, did. You don't know a goddamn word you're saying. He didn't dude. do anything in this movie to play into that. No, I don't think so. And and you also s- that that and that's a character though that he plays. That's not actually how he is. I I was reading that. He's actually very serious, like oh, yeah. on set and everything. So, you know, you're just an asshole. I was thinking about this earlier today. The first image was released of one of my most anticipated movies for the rest of the year, The Iron Claw, which is a uh, awards bait drama coming out later on the year uh, about the Von Erich wrestling family starring uh, Zac Efron. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm aware. Jeremy Allen White. Yeah, yeah. Colt Ma- it's a fucking killer cast. Oh, yeah. And the image came out, and everyone looks great. And someone's like, man, it's a damn shade. This movie didn't come out like a few years earlier. McConaughey would be perfect for this. And particularly because there's a clip of him, I think he's on Graham Norton. And he he's promoting a movie. And I think Cena, Cena's there. It's McConaughey. And I, wanna, I don't remember who McConaughey's promoting the movie with. It's not Margot Robbie, because she knows wrestling, but it's a female actress who doesn't really know wrestling and McConaughey was a big Dallas wrestling fan and his enthusiasm I'll put it on when we're done with this his enthusiasm about the Von Erics and all this stuff is like 
so fucking infectious and awesome to see him and seeing her just like broing out about it. I'm like, McConaughey's fucking dope. Um, yeah, it's it's him. I didn't even actually write anybody else down. No, me neither. I didn't write anybody else down. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is his first MVP. I don't know. I don't. Have I don't done really a lot of McConaughey a, movies. I don't think we have. Um, I definitely don't have him written down here in the MVP section. I don't think we've done very many Matthew McConaughey movies. Yeah, so that's a that's a first for him. Um, which is fair, which is fine. He's he's you know he's probably getting it some more, but he's great in this. Uh, LVP. Like I said, I have a little list, so I want to hear you out first. If if you name somebody, if you really have somebody and they're one of my four, well, that's going to be it. But if not, I have some things to mention. Um. Okay. Let's see. Um. I want to first talk about who it's not. Yeah, sure. Okay, so not Bill Irwin. No, Bill Irwin's great. Cards and Case of the Rest. He'd probably be my actually my runner-up for... I mean, I just think the performances he was able to give with those two characters, and they don't even Mm -hmm. have faces... I was legitimately sad when, like, I like. Oh my gosh! When Tars came back and like McConaughey was like fixing it, I was like, "Yay, Tars survived!" I know. I was, I was so. I was happy. so happy. But I, I said, I was like, "Oh my god, like Tars is sacrificing himself," and like, you know, yeah. uh, that's a sign of a good voice acting performance. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think definitely not him. Mm. I, I think that Jessica Chastain did did a good job. I had her on my LVP list because. I think she's just better in smaller character roles. When she's kind of just being a normal person, she just, there's a disconnect for me. I She's not my pick, but she, she okay. I wasn't the biggest fan of her. I mean, she wasn't, I mean, she wasn't MVP. I no, mean, yeah. You know, I had problems with other people more so, but I, I, I wasn't the biggest fan. I was... I mean, my girl, Anne Hathaway. She was also on my list. She's not. She she got off of my I think list. You have a problem with female characters. I think I have a problem with the way Christopher Nolan writes <laughs> female characters, which is like I mentioned earlier is an argument. I think he has a problem with women, um, and that's fine. It, 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 he he writes everything so else. So do you? Fine, I know, because um, you're the one I picked, and. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to wear allegedly. a little bit of this plate, allegedly. Um, I'm not sure she was the best fit for this movie and this role. Uh, she ultimately is not my choice or my answer because she nails the post-23 years scene so well. Like, her basically being the one that fucked them in that situation. And then also her kind of internal struggle over, you know, seeking out her lover and doing all of that. And justifying it other yes. than following her heart. Right. Um, I think she did enough to n- for it to not be her, but the first little bit of it, I was like, eh, it's kind of, she kind of sticks out here as like, sure. it's, a, it's Anne Hathaway here. Sure. You know, like, it's not, you know. Michael Caine is. Michael Caine's crushing it. Crushing it. Sir Michael Caine. Yep. Michael he's, Caine's great. He's fantastic. Um, I'm not a big fan of Wes Bentley at all. Like, in anything. Yep. Um... And I don't, I, anyone else could have done that. And I would have been he's just my, as. He's my vote. <laughs> not engaged. I've never liked him in anything I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I'm in. not a fan of his. And he has to churn out a big ass chunk of wordy dialogue 
And it just doesn't and flow. And he carries one of the first characters that dies. Good. Has to, right. Right. I like I, the Romilly guy. I like the other guy. The other guy was, was I good. liked him too. Yeah. So I'm I glad it was that way. I didn't way. care about this guy. Right. I didn't care about what he has to say. I didn't care about yeah. anything. I just, I don't get it. I don't think he's charismatic at all. He's not. He's, he's always pretty like monotonous. It. And he's not very expressive. So yeah, he's my number one of the bullet. The other one I had on my list is because he comes in so late in the movie and he sticks out again. Is like, why is he here? It was Topher Grace. <laughs> I was like, why is Topher Grace uh, in this? I was like, who the fuck is this guy? No, well, I was like, yeah, it was Topher Grace. I was like, who's this? No, I knew it was Topher Grace. I meant the character. I was like, who the yeah, fuck is this like, guy? But like, he's just being Topher Grace in the movie. Oh, Same thing with like God. Wes Bentley. He's just, ultimately I would go with Wes Bentley over Topher Grace because at least Topher Grace didn't have to really do anything outside of his comfort zone to, you know, raise any bells. Whereas Wes Bentley is, like, getting into, you know, theoretical conversations about physics and, and you know, NASA planning, and it's like, this just doesn't sound like it should be coming out of your mouth. It's just not, <laughs> it's just not believable at all. Um, yeah, he, he, was my, he was my main yeah. pick. So that's where we're going with Wes Bentley? Yes, absolutely. Um, which I believe is the first Wes Bentley performance we've had to suffer through. But we have all the Hunger Games movies, so that'll be fun when we get to... It's okay, uh, he'll be the LVP in those, too. <laughs> yep, and American Beauty and a bunch of other things. Uh, anything else on Interstellar? Where does this... So, of the Christopher Nolan's movies you've seen, you've only oh, seen gosh. the three Batman movies, Interstellar, this, you've seen Memento. Where would, where would this rank for you as of now? I think this is towards the top. Yeah. Towards the top, for sure. I mean, I love Memento. I talked about it on that show. Did you like this more than Inception? Ooh, I don't know. The problem is Inception you've probably seen three or four times. Yeah, I've seen it a lot more. Yeah. I've seen it, it a lot more. Inception's a lot more accessible because it's... Not three hours. No, it's no, so, it I mean, it's so two and a half, two forty-five. But it, it's not... Well, no, it doesn't get I like into the weeds. No, I like this movie really? better. I think I, I like do too, which is surprising. I like the female casting in this movie better. I will say, yes, that it, it is... Yeah, so how do you know it's Christopher Nolan just, you know, cast terrible actresses? At the very least, I don't want the woman the woman in this movie to die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, she... Fuck remember, Marion Cotard. Cotard was reprieved. She was voted in 20-whatever year that was. Let me look it up. Stupid decision. She was in 2016 the best LVP. So there you go. The people's up and that was your creation. Anything else on Interstellar? No. For a 450th episode? Nothing else. Uh, I scored it first last time, so you scored first this time. I think it's a great movie. I'm really glad that we watched it. Um, yeah, I dug it. And I, and I would... Absolutely live in space if I had the chance. I'm totally into that kind of thing, so I would totally do this. Keep Be my, an astronaut. If I was meant to be there, I was, would have been born there. Keep my fucking ass on Earth. It is funny, we are talking about this the day after the 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 bombshell and the fucking conspiracy theory community of the, the hearing that was that happened where the on the record people were talking about non human Entities yes. being found and whatnot. I mean, of so. course, but I mean, that's another podcast for another podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna give this movie a nine. I really dug it. I've been torn between two scores, 
and I had one. I had the lower end score written down with another lower end score. But as I was reading my notes and we were talking about it, I was like, I really don't have anything negative to say about the movie beyond maybe a tad too long and maybe a, a tad too, you know, up its own butt in, in thinking that, it, you know, it's it's more important than it is. But that's what you come to expect with these sort of things. Um, so I'm going to... A, I'm going to set aside that score I was going to give it, and I'm going to give it the exact same score. I'm going to give it a 9. I originally was going to give it an 8.5, and, and I'm like, no, I think this is, for totally different reasons, I think this is an equally successful and entertaining movie as A Star is Born yeah, that we just I, watched. Yes, I was just going to say I, that. I, I think, for totally different things, I think they each have a couple minor things with them that take me out of it. But overall, they are... Arguable masterpieces in their in their in, in their mm-hmm. respective genres. So, um, we've been on a good little streak. What did, what did we do for four hundred? For four hundred, we did. I'm trying to remember. I feel like we were on a good little run here of good movies. Well, did well, we once do we, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh yeah, and that was a perfect ten. Mm-hmm. Because we've had that we had that stretch beforehand where we were doing the movies we didn't know, and that's why we changed it. We we're like, oh boy, this is. This is not bueno. Um, yeah, we were... Yeah, because we did, like, Seven Samurai, which was good, but I fell asleep, like, four times in well, that that was legitimately, like, three and a half hours. Yeah. So, um, very good. Well, next week, we will hopefully start the Fast and the Furious project. We are coming back from when you're hearing this. We are back this day, so what I'd like to try to do is over those three days that we are still technically off... But not um, doing much. At least try to knock out the first two. So in the middle of the week, we can knock out Tokyo Drift and get that up. And then just try. It's going to be... We may have to split it up more than I wanted to. Because then we're going to be in Miami for your mom's birthday. So Mm -hmm. we may want to do like three Fast and Furious movies. Then Harry the Spy. And then three more Fast and the Furious movies. And then The Great Dictator. Like, we may do it that way. Um, So we'll, we'll see. But... Next time you hear us, we will be talking about family. That's the only thing I know about the Fast and the Furious movies. Vin Diesel says family and there's cars. That was your Vin Diesel impression? Family. Better than my, better than my Sam Elliott. Family. You didn't know anything about goddamn family, Jack. Oh, boy. For mullet. No, we have to do... Oh, you didn't do the plugs? 450. You don't listen. I do, but I didn't know what you were waiting for. Am I, do you want me to do the plugs? No. Arcadeaudio.net. No. Slash podswoggle. Uh, Arcadeaudio.net. Arcadeaudio.net. Slash podswoggle. Podswoggle. Arcadeaudio.net. <laughs> I'm doing podswoggle already. You frustrate me so much. I popped a blood vessel in my <laughs> Oh, good. You're dead. Oh, good. So I never have to do this again? I could actually just... What see? if I actually fucking died there? What's going to happen when I have a serious medical event and you're just sitting there laughing? I like know. my mother probably did when my father died. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a stitch now in my side. Why? She's like, stop messing around as my dad's having a stroke and dying. <laughs> <laughs>
God forbid. I can also, why was definitely what happened. Uh, well, she has such grief. Sorry, I had an argument with my mom before we started recording, so that's why I've been a little tense this episode. Uh, she's going to start listening. I, 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 I would know if there was something seriously wrong with you, and I wouldn't laugh. That was the least believable thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I would... ArcadeAudio.net somehow still lets us do a podcast every single week because Rich doesn't care. Patreon.com slash ArcadeAudio for bonus content we don't update. Facebook.com slash Married with Movies for no content we've updated in years. Why are you so derogatory to us? For tweets that we won't make. MarriedMovies at gmail.com for emails. Emails we won't read. Emails for things we've used this podcast's email for, just so our other email boxes don't get flooded with it. Uh, I'm at your host, Small38, on Instagram for pictures every six months for you. At Jam With Your Sam. For bluey memes. No, uh, not anymore. That bluey meme, the girl I followed that did them, I guess got a cease and desist, and so she now does not do them with bluey memes. Well, I could do. Uh, Arcade Dunnet plus Podblogo. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. That was clever. Podblogo? You're talking about your Podblogo. Read about me watching old wrestling. You know the fucking... No one reads that. I can't even tell. There's no uh, read count on those things. Uh, Probably no one's read it in years. You know, if Andrew Dice Clay was your dad, he would have read it 200 times. You can keep track of that? That number there? That's what that is? Uh, 450 more until we shut this bullshit down and just... How many more years until we reach episode 900? It would be just what we've just done, so nine. Nine more years? Not yet. So we've been doing this 18 years. We would have been doing... That's great. It would be legal. We would still be not halfway through all of our movies. That's okay because we'll be closer to retirement and then what else are we going to do? We're going to knock Epis- out episode, episode a day. episode. Well, at that point, by technology, we can just, like, live stream and be like, hey, y'all. We're going to be talking to 60-year-old men online. Hey, y'all, what's going on? This is how we talk to people. This is how we connect to the youth, right? Yeah, how's it going? No, I'm going to be talking like this. Hey, everybody, this is our movie podcast, Married with Movies. What is wrong with you? I don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> I don't want to be around me anymore. Allegedly. For Mullet. <laughs> Signing out for this week's episode of Merry Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. I had some water in my mouth when you I said think, that. I think they know. I'd be a whole bucket because your mouth is big. Thank you. Zing! Self high five. What? I love you. Fuck you, motherfucker. I'm going to stop it after you said I love you so I don't have to say it. <laughs> you, know, you didn't say it back no, I know. anyway. Yeah, but just so they get the point. <laughs> Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.